We live in a world where something is always brewing. Knowing that we are not alone in our struggles oftentimes gives us the strength to keep pushing forward. So pour that cup of coffee because you, my friend, are not alone. Welcome to Coffee with Corey. Welcome back to Coffee with Corey. Today's episode, we are going to be discussing self-reflection. And today I've titled this episode, Look in the Mirror. I think that this is an important topic that we need to begin with. And here's why. Because honestly, the only person you can ever change in life is yourself. It matters how you perceive things to make proper choices, to have healthy relationships. And so we first must start with ourselves if we are seeking to grow or change. It's easy for us to fall into the trap of victimization and saying, well, you know, I did that because they did this to me, or you don't understand because this happened and this happened. And oftentimes, my and I have done it myself in the past, where I've shirked my own responsibility for my own actions based upon how others treated me and what others did to me and didn't own my stuff. And so first and foremost, before we could see change in any regard, we need to take ownership for our actions and we need to look at ourselves and start with changing ourselves before we can move forward. A big part of this stems from having dysfunction in our childhoods. I'm a firm believer that all dysfunctional adults learned those behaviors from a dysfunctional childhood. I believe that people that have endured trauma, no matter what level of trauma, we have all experienced trauma in our lifetime, no matter what age, what happened in that realm of gravity, it affected you personally and caused you to be marked and never the same again by a circumstance that happened to you. And so we have all endured a trauma, traumas on some varying degrees throughout our lives, every single person. And those are I can attribute to why we might be dysfunctional adults or view things with tainted lenses or react inappropriately in certain situations or have triggers because we have all been marked by some sort of dysfunction and trauma in our childhood or adolescence. And so in order to grow and change as we seek wholeness, we need to acknowledge those moments so that we can have change and we can have growth. If you get a cut and say if you... um, put hydrogen peroxide on it, and you put some A&D ointment and then cover it up with a Band-Aid, typically what'll happen is it will scab, right? It'll stop bleeding. It'll scab. Um, Sometimes there might be a scar. Sometimes there might not be based upon how that injury was dealt with. In opposite, say if that cut, you allowed it to continue to bleed, didn't acknowledge the wound at all, and it got germs in it, and then it got infected, and then it was hot to the touch, and then an infection grew, and there was pus oozing out of it, and it was a a problem that then maybe you needed to go on antibiotics for or go to the hospital to have them irrigate the wound and stitch you up because it wasn't addressed properly. And so I think there's a lot of adults walking around with wounds that need to be irrigated. (laughs) 
and need to be properly dealt with. And we've pretended like they didn't affect us. We didn't want to give it energy. We didn't want to consciously process through it. And so we have adverse reactions to random things because we have a wound issue that we have never dealt with. So there is that. That's a big part of being self-reflective is acknowledging wounds so that you can heal. Another part of being self-reflective is knowing who you are. It's such an important thing. I mean, it sounds very basic, like, oh, who am I? Oh, well, I'm Corey Powers. Okay, but what does that mean? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And I am going to ask you that same question right now. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Actually, I used to give this as homework to my young adults group, and I would give them the link to an Enneagram test. And the Enneagram test helped decide and decipher each individual person's personality based upon a series of questions that they would answer. And that was their homework for one of the weeks that I had this group. And they would all come back to me with their Enneagram type and letting me know like, oh, I'm an Enneagram this, and here are the tendencies for this. And that totally depicts why why I have that or this, and these are my strengths and these are my weaknesses. So if you don't have some clarity on what your strengths and what your weaknesses are, I really implore you to take a personality test. I preferably like the Enneagram. I will put that link to the Enneagram test in my show notes so that you could take that when you have time. But I think that that is a really great tool to help be self-reflective on what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. And now, I mean, in no way does this need to define you for your entire life. You have apt to grow and evolve. So for my Enneagram 8, when I'm under stress, my tendencies are to kind of pull back. And then when I'm in growth mode, more empathetic and understanding. And so I am consciously working on not pulling back when I'm upset and consciously working towards being more empathetic, listening, and um, showing affection. And so it's caused me to have um, some self-reflection on how I can better communicate because I know that my my default in my brain is to be direct, decisive, and, and to the point and let's, you know, pop through this. And not everybody receives that <laughs> well. <laughs> And so I have learned to curtail my approach based on who my audience is, knowing that I want to have better results in in conversations, in relationships. And so based on that tool helping me find out what my baseline is, now I'm now able to grow and evolve into a better version of myself. So definitely take a personality test. I would love to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. That's a really good gauge. And those things are going to help you because here's the thing is if you don't know who you are, how are you ever going to expect anybody else to be complimentary to you if you don't even know what you are. For all my single people out there, if you don't know who you are and you're looking for a relationship, pause, pump the brakes. You need to go figure yourself out. That's my singleness advice. And then for parents, I do ask my eight-year-old, what do you like about yourself? Where do you think you could grow? What do you think you need to practice? And I think that that's something that we as adults Sometimes we're so busy, we don't stop and pause and self-reflect. And it's a really important part of growth, of evolving, having those points where we check in with ourselves in our quiet time in the morning, like right now over my coffee. Hold on, I'm going to take a sip. 
and really ponder those things, where we can grow, where we are strong, what we could do better. I want to share with you a memory that came to my mind not too long ago, and it really goes right into this knowing yourself and accepting yourself topic. I was probably in my early 20s, and I was in recovery from a lot of things that had gone on in my childhood. I reflect back over my childhood and I can see a lot of wonderful memories, a lot of great things that I was taught. And so there was a lot of good things that happened. But then I can also see some other things that had occurred that were very dysfunctional. So as the tapestry of my childhood was wove, I could see where there was high points and there were low points. And as I got older, it actually was hard for me to differentiate what was positive and what was harmful because it was so woven together. And as a young adult, I really had to pick through and sift through like, okay, that was okay, but that wasn't okay. And I can see why this wasn't okay now. But at the time, I thought this was functional and normal and everybody experienced this and what have you. And so I was at a place in my early 20s where I was seeking help and I was trying to have a different framework on how I um, handled and coped with, with my inner things that I had held on to for, you know, quite some time. And my counselor at the time, she did this exercise with me. And she gave me a handheld mirror and I'm sitting in her office and she's like, I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to tell me what you like about yourself. And I kind of bought into this lie that there was something wrong with me, that there was always going to be something wrong with me. And I was completely unlovable And that's how my life was going to be. Why would anybody love you? There's something wrong with you. And I bought into this narrative, which was why I coped with all of these poor choices, because I bought into that lie. And I think everyone has bought into some lie about themselves that we need to undo and reverse so that we can be healed. However, so I was sitting in my counselor's office and she hands me the mirror. She's like, I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to say one nice thing about yourself. And I remember I put the mirror up and I stuck my tongue out at myself and I made probably like some like meh face and like I put it down. I didn't even want to acknowledge anything positive because that's how I felt. And now I could say a whole person, you know, I could look myself in the eye and say, I admire the person that you've become. I'm proud of you. I love you. And I can say all those things about myself now. But at that time, I was so broken that I really couldn't even muster up the words that she wanted me to repeat after her, (laughs) which was really sad. And she just kind of shook her head and she was like, that that's really that's really unfortunate. Um, But it also explains a lot. I really had to struggle and fight to overcome that negative mindset by applying the truth. And I remember going home that night and crying in my pillow and being like, wow, that's really sad. And I remember in my heart, God saying to me, 
let me tell you who I think you are. Like, if you can't figure out who you think you are or what nice things you should be saying about yourself, can I define you? I made you. I love you. Can I kind of define who you are? And I remember saying in my heart, explain to me who I am and what you see, because clearly I don't have a proper view. And I got out my journal And I just began to write down the things that I felt him speaking to my heart. And he said things like, you are beautiful. You are loved. You are mine. You are smart. You are efficient. You are organized. And by the time my prayer time was over, I had a whole entire page full of all these things that God kind of reinforced into my mind. And he said to me, I want you to go to the mirror and I want you to say all of these things to yourself now. And I was like, oh, really? I have to do this. And it was painful. It was hard for me after I had bought such lies about myself to speak truth. But this is how I had to undo the lie was by speaking the truth. And so I actually took the list and I think I stuck it on with like a thumbtack or something next to my mirror. And every morning, for I don't know how long, you know, months, I would say this to myself. You are this, you are this, you are this. And then there became a point where I didn't need to look at the list anymore because I was recalling things about myself that I liked and that I didn't need to look at the list anymore. And I believed it as true. And even in conversations, I'd be like, oh, I'm good at that. I could I could help you out with that. Or I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I study hard and I get good grades. I'm smart. It was starting to come out of my mouth in conversation when I wasn't being intentional. And it was showing how me taking the lie and overcoming it with truth was undoing the lie in my brain. There's actually studies that have been done that show when our brain hears our voice speak something, we believe it as true. Our brain takes our voice as truth. And so I want to ask you today, what kinds of things are you saying about yourself? What are you speaking over yourself? Are you coming in agreement with negativity? And these are the questions I really want you to reflect on today. And I know that this has kind of been a little bit heavier topic. However, I think it's necessary for us to address core issues because if we don't handle the stuff within ourselves, first and foremost, we're not going to be good for our spouses. We're not going to be good for the people around us. We're not going to be good for our children. If you have any takeaway today, I want you to take away this. God loves you. You are worthy of his love because he created you. You are worthy of love. Through God's love for you, you will begin to learn how to accept yourself and no longer rejecting the pieces of you that has formed you into who you are and who you were created to be. I hope this gave you some food for thought. And maybe this conversation will spark another conversation you have with someone else in your life to talk about the truth and how you are so valued and so loved. And so I will leave you with that. Have a wonderful day. And I'll look forward to talking with you more on Coffee with Corey. Thank you so much for joining me today. And as always, I am your host, Corey Powers. Please follow, share, and review this podcast to help others seeking encouragement. 
For more information, be sure to check out my website, CoreyPowers.com. And tune in next time for more Coffee with Corey.